Father mentioned that today we celebrate in the Universal Church Good Shepherd Sunday. And all throughout the scriptures, we have this image of the shepherd, obviously cast from a time historically where shepherding was certainly something more common. Father and I did this yesterday, so indulge me for just a second. Show of hands, who's actually seen a shepherd shepherding sheep? Show of hands, just so I get a a sense. So a good number. But for most of us, the idea of a shepherd and sheep and shepherding is something that belongs to the past. In the first century, this was something every single person would have an understanding of, especially in the area where Jesus was preaching. And you know, it's easy for us to think about all these things that Jesus must have looked at and said, oh, I can kind of take this and teach something from that. And that's true, he did, he took examples from things. But it's more sublime to think about the fact that Jesus is God, therefore those things exist in the way that they are because they're instructions to us and can point us to him. He didn't have to make sheep. He didn't have to have shepherds. He didn't have to have the whole idea of one thing governing a bunch of others to keep them in order and keep danger from happening to them. He could have done it any way he wanted. So when he thought of sheep and shepherds and they were made, he was telling us something and instructing us in a particular way. So we have to pay attention to all of these different images that the scriptures share with us. And there's a number We don't have enough time to go through all of them, but I'd like to identify just a few. And I think they have a lot to tell us about today, a lot to tell us about the world that we live in, a lot to tell us about the community of St. Mark. The first is the image of the shepherd. And the image of the shepherd, very quickly, is an image of God the Father, a reliable caretaker, one who will go to any lengths, any lengths, to ensure the safety of those that he is stewarding. The image that we have of the shepherd tells us something even about God himself. It certainly tells us something about bishops. This idea of the shepherd's crook, you heard it in the psalm, the shepherd's crook, it's the staff that he carries around with him. It's got a curved part on the top and it's got a sharp point on the bottom. What does that have to tell us about the nature of God, the fact that he's gathering, but he's also protecting, keeping predators from his sheep. That's the instrument of the shepherd, and it tells us a lot about the image of the shepherd and God the Father. But it also should tell us all about, a little bit about ourselves, because we are made in the image and likeness of God. And what does that mean? I know we hear it so much, we forget what it means. It means we resemble him. We resemble him. Not perfectly, not completely, but we resemble him. So we resemble that idea in our own way of being caretakers, mothers and fathers, and supervisors at work, and in whatever other way we take care of other souls, each of us is entrusted with some element of caretaking. And that's how we resemble the Father. The other interesting thing to bear in mind is that there were lots of shepherds back in the ancient day, lots of them, and a lot of shepherds would use the same sheepfold And so that tells us that, yes, the shepherd is God the Father, but that doesn't mean we're not. That doesn't mean we're not shepherds in a particular way. And we resemble God in that way. 
And we need to act in that way, in the different ways that we do. The second image is the sheepfold. The sheepfold. And that, to me, is an image of the church. That is an image of the church because the church is Christ's sheepfold. And we kind of understand that. We're the sheep. The church is the sheepfold. But it bears understanding a little bit more about that sheepfold. And one thing is the idea that there are no lone sheep. Let's start with that. A lone sheep, a sheep that wanders off from the flock, a sheep that leaves the sheepfold, those sheep are in danger. They're in danger. They're not free. They're not free despite the fact that you could say, well, that sheep's just trying to find his own way in the world and create existence by his own definitions. You could say that. But a sheep that wanders from the sheepfold is lost. They're exposed. And they're in danger. They need to be rescued. They need to be saved. So there are no lone sheep. And we've all, all of us, every one of us, has been lost. And every one of us needs a Savior. But saved from what? Saved from what? Well, the sheepfold itself actually tells us what we are saved from in the way that it's constructed. In the ancient world, the sheepfold was made out of stone. It was a stone enclosure about three, four feet high. And guess what was on top of the stone? This one blew me away. They would take crowns of thorns and put them around the sheepfold to protect it from the dangers that were out there. And they were twofold. The danger of predators and the danger of thieves. Those were the things that the sheepfold, the church, protects us from. The danger of a predator, and there are many who can come and attack and kill the sheep. To kill the spiritual life that we have in front of us. To kill and silence and distract us from God's calling. And so the church, the sheepfold, protects us from that. That's why we call this space a sanctuary. A sanctuary. Because it's the place that we go to get protection, in a way, from the predators that are out there. And the second thing, the thorns, kind of like an ancient barbed wire fence, the thorns are there to protect the sheep in the sheepfold from thieves, from those who would come, not to kill us, not to destroy us, but to steal us. From what? From our mission, from your unique mission that God from the beginning of time gave you and didn't give anybody else. That role, that mission, that plan that he's called you to live here at St. Mark. You're not here by accident. None of us are here by accident. We're here because, because God from the beginning of time deigned that you would be sitting in those pews and I'd be talking up here. From the beginning of time. And so he calls us to that, to not be stolen away from that mission, whatever that may be. And for each one of you, it's different. For me, it's different. But if we do our part in it, we actually carry out his plan. And that brings to fruition all of the good that can ever happen in the universe. And then lastly, the gatekeepers and the gate. The gatekeeper is an image of the Holy Spirit. 
Because the gatekeeper was responsible for what? For guarding the sheep? No, that's the shepherd's job. The gatekeeper was responsible for guarding the gate. The gate. And in ancient times, a good gatekeeper actually slept in front of the gate. Slept in front of the gate. Why'd you need a gatekeeper? Because you had lots of shepherds. And they would use a communal flock, a communal, uh, um, a communal pen to actually have the sheep in. So he had a lot of customers that were shepherds. And he would recognize them because he recognized their voice, especially at night. There wasn't street lights. There wasn't fo- iPhones to turn on and go, who is this? They could recognize him by his voice. And so they'd open up the gate. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit protects the entrance into your conscience, into your heart, into your mind. That's what he does. The gate. Well, Jesus makes that really plain in the gospel. The gate is him. He says it twice, just in case we didn't hear it the first time. He says, I am the gate. Jesus is the gate. He secures the fold. Think about that. If there is no gate, if there is no door, what do you have? You have basically an enclosure that looks like a U, and there's a big open part in there. In fact, you don't, without a gate, you don't even need a sheepfold. Don't even need it. Jesus secures the fold. Without that gate, there is no safety. Without that gate, there is no need for a defense. That gate completes the whole structure, just like the cornerstone completes the building, just like the keystone completes the arch. Jesus is the gate. Without him, without his life, without his death, without his resurrection, everything falls apart. Everything falls apart. Jesus completes it. And how do we stay close to that gate? By being disciples of him. By following him first and foremost. By putting him above all else. By recognizing the role that he plays in our lives. Yes, in this urban environment. Yes, in our busy lives. By offering every single thing that we are and can give to Jesus. 